Hello and welcome to the Coolerverse podcast. If you are here for yoga-based conversations, you are in the right place. This is a place for fun and gentle conversation where I talk to members of Adrian Mishler's social media community, The Cooler. My guests are people like you and I who have found yoga and yoga with Adrian to be a deeply helpful, restorative and enriching part of their lives. Hello and welcome to today's show. I think I could, we could probably loosely call some people I'm just going to give a shout out to as the sponsors of the show. In uh, two years of doing podcasts, I've never actually asked anyone in any way to support the show um, as I love doing it, but everything comes with a cost. So I just want to give a shout out to Amy, Karu, I think that's how you pronounce your name, Liz and Kristen, who I think we can loosely say are the sponsors of this show. Thank you so much. Also, thank you for listening to the previous episodes and this one. And uh, what would be really good if uh, you have a friend who uh, likes yoga, does yoga with Adrian, if you could tell them and, and see what they think about this show, that would be really, really helpful. Also, for each of the guests, there is a webpage. And on today's webpage for Barra, you will see that there's some of the recipes that we've talked about so and also some of the places we go to so i hope that's uh, going to be useful to you enjoy the show take care bye hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Coolerverse podcast well we've traveled this week uh, we're traveling to india and i'm really really pleased to introduce another member of the cooler i have to say does some really interesting things in in many many ways uh, so, Barrett, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you so much. And I ha- am I pronouncing your name correctly? Is it? Am I? How would you pronounce it? It's Bharat. It's Bharat, and I think that's it's going to be a little uh, hard for you to pronounce. <laughs> yeah, but but says Modak Bharat. Yeah. Um, okay. Does it? Does that mean anything? In uh, it's a Hindi name, I assume. It has two meanings. First one is it literally means India. In Hindi. Oh, okay. So, long time. The story is long time ago. There was a king by the name of Bharat, and mm. his reign was like one of the most successful ones uh, in the subcontinent. And it was so people usually say Bharat Varsha. So, and that's where the name came from. So, India is basically means Bharat, and Bharat means India. And the second meaning is that the people might have heard about Lord Ram, Ram yeah. God. Yeah. So Ram's uh, el, uh, younger brother's name was uh, Bharat. Yeah. Okay. So from there also, there's this like little connection. So actually, it's a really, mi- from, you know, in Indian culture, it's a really meaningful name in terms of so many different ways. Yeah. In India, I think most of the names have multiple deep meanings. If you've got a name that hasn't got a meaning, that must be a bit disappointing, I guess. I've never actually come across any anyone whose name doesn't mean anything like, I don't know. My sister's name is Bharti. So yeah. it's Bharat, Bharti. So it's like similar as well. And her name also has a bunch of meanings. But yeah, I've never met any Indian with a name which has no meaning. I mean, there's always a history behind everyone's name. How interesting. Yeah. Well, I looked up the ne- meaning of Andrew once. And I think our names here in, in Britain, well, it depends what culture you're from in Britain, but I don't think Andrew means much. Although I did find one meaning which meant manly, but... <laughs> <laughs> it depends, depends, depends on who you talk to. 
<laughs> so, uh, but there you go. We'll leave that issue straight and move on swiftly. So, so Bharat, could you tell uh, the audience a little bit about, because India, obviously, we were just talking before uh, we started uh, recording, as it were. And one of the things about India is it is a massive country geographically, but also yeah. Incredibly large population and incredibly diverse in so many different ways. Could you tell us a little bit about where you are in India and what the area is like, etc.? So I was, uh, I am from Delhi. I live in uh, outskirts of Delhi in the state of Haryana, and uh, Delhi is the capital of India. And if if you come to India, most probably you'll be flying into Delhi. Delhi has the biggest international uh, airport in our whole mm. country. So yeah, I'm from Delhi. I lived in Delhi for just three months when I was born. And if, then we shifted to Haryana, Gurgaon. Just, just, it's, it's a place called Gurgaon. And it's just mm. outside uh, Delhi. It's on the Haryana. It's on the state border, basically. So I've been living here since... Uh, a long time, 26 years, something, 27 years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And whereabouts is Delhi? And if you're looking at a map of India, uh, are we talking like the south or northeast or northwest? Delhi is on the northern side. It's uh, when you see the Himalayas in the, in the map, if you have a topo map of India, and when you see the uh, Himalayas, it's, ju- it's like I am around, uh, say, 300 kilometers away from Himalayas. When uh, when I contacted you and asked you to be on this podcast, what did you think? I was excited. I was uh, first of all honored. I was uh, like, "Wow, I'm not." Uh, I I basically <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, I don't consider myself worthy enough to be on a podcast with you. To be honest, your podcast is amazing. I've I've listened to both of them, and I was like, okay. I mean, I was I was nervous for a bit, which is good, but I was excited. That was my only. Uh, I was looking forward to it. I have to say, it's as much as an honour for me, Barrett, that you agreed because uh, a bit like I think Cara was saying uh, clearly when I asked her for the first show, she was really quite quite nervous about it because it isn't normal everyday stuff, is it? Really, I like having conversations and it obviously depends on the other side and uh, most of the times 95 percent of the times i would i would love to have a conversation with anyone and Mm. it's just you know something i really enjoy doing and i got that because of i've been uh, a bit of a traveler since i was um, since i got out of school so I got yeah. to travel my country a lot, and I got to speak with a lot of like diverse a group of people, and which is fantastic. And again, uh, from a personal point of view, uh, it'd be really interesting to hear about that. I mean, I suppose the place to start, given that this is a a yoga focused podcast, but also I guess specifically, you know, around the cooler, the Adrian Misha social media community. I was just curious to know what first brought, given that I, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because India is the the wellspring of yoga, uh, yeah. and and then you've joined this social media community that's originated as I have in Austin, Texas. And what first took you to join the Cooler? Then um, I'll give you the shorter version because I have a longer version of this. Um, my yoga journey started a long, long time ago. In in, in India, the yoga thing, uh, the yoga you know poses, Surya Namaskar, as we say, mm. we are. The kids, most of the kids are taught these things in the school. Like, oh, okay, really? I've 
I, I started playing soccer uh, since I was uh, I was in third grade. I I vividly mm. remember my first day of getting on the pitch and meeting my coach. I had only one coach throughout my football journey when I was in the school, and luckily my coach was amazing and he's still amazing. And uh, he introduced uh, these yoga stretches when I was a kid, and basically I didn't. I had no clue at that time that I was doing yoga and we used to do Surya Namaskar like three, four times a week. And then we used to do the stretches, downward dogs and, you know, Cobra and all those things. We used to do that. But, and I did that throughout my life. And when I got out of school, then I realized, I was like, oh, I've been doing yoga since all these years. So how old were you when you started? You were about eight or so, were you? Yeah, I must have been eight or nine years old, yeah. Amazing. So so that's sort of integrated just into what you do as a school kid in, I guess, pretty much most Indian schools. Yeah, like, yeah, Surya Namaskar. And Surya Namaskar, I would say, is a, is a big part of a lot of the schools, especially the government schools and and most of the private schools as well. It's a okay, huge part. Because yeah, I, I, I've got this uh, Japanese friend, Takanori, so if he's listening to this, uh, I don't know if he remembers me, him telling me this story, but uh, he was saying that when he was a kid at school, they used to do kendo at school. You know, they sit, stick fighting. Yeah, yeah. And they used to have, so they would wear these masks and these padded jackets. And he said that because they were never, ever cleaned or washed, he said that they stank <laughs> like heaven. He hated doing kendo. So at least he didn't have that problem with yoga unless you happen to use yoga yoga mats that were never wiped down or anything to be honest i never used a yoga mat i never i use i started using yoga mat because of adrian i I'd never used a yoga mat before sure. even, even when i started doing yoga which was uh, a little earlier uh, when i understood about yoga after uh, getting out of school i never used a yoga mat i started using a yoga mat when i when i was introduced to adrian and um even now, I don't use a yoga mat. I actually have a big uh, rug type of thing, and I just use that. Oh, okay. Is it, so is it is it not so common to you, or maybe it just isn't what you do uh, to use yoga mats in India? I think yoga mats are great, but for yeah. me personally, I just I just never it just never worked for me. Like my mm. my gait is kind of wide, and uh, I don't something sometimes I don't like when my feet is half on the floor and half on the mat it just gets in my head and i'm like uh i'm getting distracted (laughs) i just do it on the floor or something like that and i guess you save money on buying a yoga mat you started yoga but then you said something about you sort of left school and then at some point you sort of thought oh oh hang on a sec all this stuff that i've been doing this stretching stuff actually i've been doing yoga all these years actually i i i I understood all that Uh, when i got out of school i started traveling so Hmm. So I vividly remember the first time I uh, understood what yoga was. There is a place called Haridwar in uh, Uttar Pradesh. And it's basically a place where River Ganga touches the plains for the first time. Hmm. From the mountains, it comes down and touches the plains. Is that the Ganges? It's it's Ganges. I've, I'll use the word Ganga, I suppose. So it was like, uh, so River Ganga... Uh, touches the plains in Haridwar. It's called H-A-R-I Dwar D-W-A-R and it's basically a hot spot kind of thing for yoga. That's where the culture of yoga sort of uh, uh, was like not, it didn't, it wasn't invented there but it's huge there since 
ancient times. So I've visited that place many, 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 many times. As, really? As, yeah, as a kid, you know, we would go there, bathe in River Ganga and uh, hang out there. There are lots of ashrams there, lots of, uh, uh, you know, saints and priests, lots of sadhus. So there, when I went after school with a, you know, sort of higher understanding of myself, you know and i was i went uh, with a, another friend of mine and uh, i i went to different ashrams and i wa- i wanted to see all that and then i don't remember the ashram's name but i i stayed at the ashram for two days and there there were sadhus and lots of like their students they were practicing yoga and i was watching them and i was like i know this i've done this <laughs> I've done a lot of this. And then then I spoke with one of the students there and I was like, and then, I mean, I knew they were doing yoga, but I couldn't like make the connection. But then I spoke with the student there and then he explained it to me what yoga is and where does it come from and all those things. And then I was like, oh, okay, I, I'll try it again. You know, when I get the time to do it, I'll try it again. And then I, I never like got into it completely uh, for many years after that but i used to do it on and off while uh, like i play soccer i played soccer since mm. i was eight or nine years old and um, so when i used to play soccer it, it became like a ritual like pre uh soccer ritual or post soccer ritual that you're doing downward dog or you're doing a cobra yeah. or you're like sort of you know rotating your hands or doing a standing warrior or a mountain pose kind of there are <laughs> lots of variations i came up with and Somebody, yeah, it is yoga. It is. Do your teammates do it? Uh, like now, if you're playing, do they they join in? I mean, they're probably f- as familiar with it as you were, I guess. Yeah, I'm. I would say that not all of them loved doing that like I did. <laughs> I was. I'm a bit of a. I'm a. I'm an intense person. I would say, and mm. I was. I used to be. I'm still the same. And when I was when I started playing soccer when I was in third grade, since then I used to be the first person to enter the ground. I used to be the last person to leave the ground. And I was, uh, you know, I I played uh, till uh, state level. I played into school, then into district, and into state. I always had this vocation towards uh, soccer, and then this vocation turned into just something I want, I crave, or I need. Yeah. So I still move. I played rugby in between for two years. And yeah. my rugby coach was a, is a huge yoga fan. Like he would go to retreats in Himalayas and he would show us photos. And he's uh, like the rugby team. He takes the whole rugby team once a year for a yoga retreat, which is amazing. So yeah, there's always, yoga has always been part of my life, even when I didn't know that it was a part of my life isn't that interesting actually because uh, i mean i have to say well football's always been part of my life but i'm so bad at football so if you were <laughs> at state level you must be really good i was dreadful do you still play soccer now oh yeah i still play soccer now like four or five times a week at least three times a week yeah wow. I'm, I'm okay i'm yeah i would say that i'm the oldest person on the pitch nowadays <laughs> i'm in my so you're a, vet- you're a veteran barrett Ah, not really. I'm. I can still beat the kids any day. Like it's not. It's, <laughs> it's like I don't know what what these kids are doing. I'm like, you. You guys are not fit. What are you doing? You you just do something. Do some cardio and stuff like that. So when you left co- school or college, you you stayed in Delhi. You said you travelled. Was that mainly around India then? Yes, I basically had this uh, want or curiousness to know my country more and more, and I. 
I got that from my father. My father traveled with us a lot with my sister and my mother and my my myself when we were kids. He would take us on you know long road trips to the Himalayas. on our mm-hmm. little maruti suzuki so yeah i got it from him and i have traveled himalayas uh, quite extensively i would say not extensively but yeah i visited a lot of the places in the himalayas i have i'm yet to go down to the south and explore the southern states but yeah in the northern mm-hmm. state in the northern part i have explored what was it then given that you'd had You were doing yoga all your life, but you didn't necessarily know it. How did you then end up? Because I'm assuming there must be—I assume there must be lots of online Indian yoga teachers who are teaching in Hindi, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How come you ended up following Adrian then? There was—it's funny, but uh, I think it was uh, 2016, and uh, I was just looking uh, something correlated for my abs. I was like, mm. I want abs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you found them yet? It's 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 not a hard thing to have abs. It's just the diet aspect is hard. I can't have sugar and I can't have this. I can't have that. So that's kind of hard for me. The exercise part is like I can do it. I can torture myself every day if I have to to get abs or whatever. But diet part is hard. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. I googled. I I went on YouTube and I I, I typed core uh, workouts. and for some reason uh, youtube recommended me uh, yo adrian's uh, there, there was a video on core which is quite, it has like 9 million views or something yeah so i did that and uh, it was funny first of all it was hilarious the way she was talking and i was <laughs> absolutely like i was hammered i was like I, i'm done it was like 21 oh, really? yeah I, it was 21 minutes long and i was like i'm i think i'm fit you know i i consider myself a fit guy but i'm like i can't even do this 21 minute yoga thing easily and i always had this as a you know con- uh, assumption in my head that it's like yoga is easy yoga is not hard yeah. but then i did that and i for some reason i was like attracted towards it and i started building this affinity towards uh, yoga with adrian and i started exploring other videos of her more, again more correlated videos and i mm. did them and i i benefited from that it's like a different yoga will help me to work a different kind of muscles which i had never even which i'd never even knew that they are there they existed mm. yeah like my whole uh, what do you call it the 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 whole vessel the whole core which includes the back and the obliques and the core part the lower abs the upper abs it's like everything changed in just a span of one and a half months or something like that and it felt great i was like wow and for you coming from someone who's a, a really fit guy and it's interesting because i you know i'm obviously a little bit older than you and uh, i think i'm reasonably fit for my age when i do my sports watch profiles and things i'm i'm good to excellent and uh, but sometimes i do some of adrian's well not just adrian the yoga teachers but adrian's videos i have a few minutes sitting up puffing and panting and sweating yeah, yeah. and adrian's just there breezing through sort of like uh, yeah. happy as anything laughing and chatting and I'm Going, oh my god not another downward dog <laughs> and it's also with me it was like also an ego thing i'm like if she can do it with a <laughs> smile on her face then i must at least you know look take that as a you know like a like a standard and try to chase it types you know like have that i just have that mentality i would say and then i was like okay and then from there uh, from 2016 i just never stopped in 2017 i followed the calendar 
for I would say six seven months. I followed the calendar, the thirty day calendar, and then I sort of was like, okay, I've reached a point where I don't think I need the calendar anymore, and I'll freestyle and I'll try to do something on my own for myself. And but I would always once in a while, once a week or twice a week, I would do something from her YouTube channel, and I I'm still like that. I mostly do yoga on my own now. without her instructions and everything because i've i've seen so many of her videos it's like i know she's talking to me without uh, she's in my ears but she's in my head and she's like oh okay you know i can hear sort of hear her in a, in a weird way in terms of you so you go from there how did you end up then in the cooler so uh, i think i joined i think a year ago it hasn't even been a year I'm not sure i have no i i don't have the answer the correct answer for it but i got this mail i i had sub- subscribed on the fwfg website for mm-hmm. her letters and i was just going through one of her youtube videos and when you go down towards the description section so i just clicked on one of the links and i sent my uh, you know email id and then on the email id i got the invitation and I, i had no idea what is this and then i got this invitation and i accepted it and i was like okay i'll fill my name up or whatever blah 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 and i did that and then i boom i was like on this dashboard and i was like oh this is a social media thing and i had no idea uh-huh. <laughs> and i was i was earlier intrigued because i had no idea uh, like i know what kula means in hindi it's basically we pronounce it as kul kul yeah it's called kul and kul means family or or a, a community in 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 sanskrit and we still mm. use it in in the villages and stuff what way would you use it in villages would that be for your sort of birth family or or for the community of the village both it, it for example if i'll say that my kul in hindi my me we pronounce uh, my mera so i will say mm. mera kul mera kul sabse acha hai so my family is the best so something, mm, okay. like, that. something like that yeah <laughs> and then it, it it could also be used for a community like like there in the villages they it it can it can be used for a community as well yes so so in in the, on the website it was k u l a and i was like what is k u l a it's it's it felt different so i i went into it and then i slowly i read uh, you know some of the posts and and i was like wow this is nice this is good this is very good and at that time uh, i would say uh, subconsciously i was looking for a community and i had been doing that for a very very long time because uh, this was inbuilt in me uh, since i was a kid that i love camaraderie i love mm. to be in a team and that's like that's something which keeps me going or keeps me you know positive or helps me or something like that and i am used to that and uh, i was i worked at suzuki for a for a year for a year and a half and i was in a team there and i loved it so i'm like a team player kind of a guy and i love camaraderie and then i was seeking that i was like looking for it here and there types and then i found it i stumbled upon it basically and it was wow okay it was it was beautiful and i was like wow this is awesome okay so you that in a way it was pure not chance really because you know the the invite was there in the email but you came across that as a community and i think we were talking a little bit earlier weren't we that i think we you and i i think we might have sent some dms uh, direct messages or something mm-hmm. pretty early on didn't we because yes. of your because you you knew 
must have seen that I already had a podcast, yes. uh, the one about Detroit, not this one. And uh, you talked about, we were talking earlier, weren't we, about your interest in potentially doing a podcast of, of some description. Yes. You were one of the first persons I came across with. Might be like the third person who I contacted. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I was like, wow, there is there are, I love podcasts. I've went into podcasts, listening uh, to podcasts since I think 2013 or 2012. And I'll just love it. I, I listen to them ev- all the time. I have my, mm. earlier I had headphones. Now I have these uh, wireless headphones and I would have those on all the time while I'm walking, while I'm running, while I'm cooking or whatever. I listen to it. I listen to something or the other here and there. It's fun. Yeah. It's nice. So do you have any uh, favorite podcasts? In there? I mean, I'm guessing some of them will be Indian and some maybe from around the world. I don't like the, uh, I don't like the scripted stuff. Like I like uh, unplugged sort of stuff, uh, like mm. unscripted. And I like the, uh, I like, I like to see, I like to hear the what the person truly wants to say or has to mm. say and he's not like speaking from a script or there is no like background or anything so i have a couple of podcasts which i really enjoy listening to and they are mostly from the us i would say mm. yeah and how does it feel because this is totally unscripted well i've got a few bullet points here which i sort of yeah. loosely follow yeah <laughs> but beyond that there's no script in sight how does it feel to be unscripted at the moment oh no it's wonderful that's the reason i mean i'll honestly tell you that's the reason why i loved your uh, conversation with kara and your other mm-hmm. podcast as well it's just beautiful you know you get to see the the real person and of course there has to be some sort of uh, some sort of body to a podcast like you're doing mm-hmm. this and then you have to follow some sort of uh, timeline or whatever and then yeah that's that should be there otherwise if i start a podcast i'll just talk for like 4 hours and i'm like oh okay i should stop now <laughs> <laughs> and that's a tricky bit because often i mean one of the things i've learned and i'm not sure if i've learned the lesson properly about it but you know sometimes when you say something to yourself yeah yeah maybe that's vaguely interesting and then you listen to it and think, yeah, it's vaguely interesting. Then you think, actually, if someone's listening to this and they're busy and they're on the way to work, are they really interested in my thoughts? I'd say for me, 99.9% of the time, no, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think the guests are really important. So for me, I, I, you have to, and I probably don't do enough of ruthless editing uh, uh-huh. because it's the guests I think are, are really important. This week, I mean, it's just for me, you know, it's just fascinating talking to you about how your life is sort of, well, it's, in, you know, being Indian, Indian in your culture, that, that yoga is around you in a way that isn't here. It's certainly in the UK and I don't yeah. think in most countries. Do your family do yoga? My dad used to do yoga and he will he used to be he used to do yoga i would say not a lot but he was a regular now he does yoga he he restarted again uh, since a year i believe i think because of covid and he's he, yeah. he started having some knee uh, pain or something i was like mm. okay you want to get that checked and he was like no it's not that bad and then i was like you should do a little bit of yoga you know once in a while get into a lunge and do a warrior and then do all those things and he was like okay i'll i'll, I'll do that so he does yoga like once or twice a week i've been trying my trying to motivate my mother and my sister to do that as well but no i'm i've failed so far <laughs> <laughs> you posted a, a pic a lovely picture the other day of uh, an instagram picture of your your mum and your granny, your maternal granny, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Do you, I think about, you know, within your, uh, what you do around yoga, do you ever go to classes or do you feel like that you, that 
I, I don't know, your stage of practice and development, would that be not something that would be of interest? I've never been to any yoga retreat. I've never been to any yoga classes. And yeah. it's like, I, I'm not against it, but it's like, uh, it's just, it, it hasn't shown up in my life as of now. Mm. If it will show up, I'll, I'll, I was like, I'll, I'll be like, yeah, let's do this. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because we, we were, for, for people who are listening to this, um, there is um, an online gathering of people who do yoga through the community. And uh, that was on uh, Sunday, I think it was. And you were there, weren't you, Barrett? And uh, yeah. we were talking about, Generally, I think there was talk about organizing some yoga retreats, probably when COVID eases, I think. And one was, I think, in Nova Scotia, Canada. One was somewhere in Belgium. Well, I have to say, I, I look to you, Marat, for a, a yoga retreat in India, because I think that uh, that would be very popular. I would certainly be up for that. So may, maybe you, you get to go to a class then. Well, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen, I've researched on it. I mean, not researched on it, but I've Googled about it this year also. A couple of months ago, I did that. I found this place in uh, uh, Kerala. They have this amazing uh, place for uh, a yoga retreat. It's like on the beach, like a few steps away from the beach. And it's, mm. it's beautiful. It's just beautiful on the Western Ghats. And then I've seen uh, tons of photos of yoga retreats in the Himalayas. It's just, it's again, it's just beautiful, beautiful. And there are lots of big ashrams in Bihar and in UP. And the, the, these are like massive, massive ashrams. And inside you can go there and you can, you can like, they do, they have yoga retreats every day and you just go there and you do it. You don't even have to pay for it. You just go and you hang out there. Yeah. And you just hang out there. I was just thinking, what is an ashram exactly for people who are, I mean, it's a way, word we hear. Uh, is it like a retreat center or how would you ashram, describe an ashram? Ashram, uh, I think I am not uh, like completely, I don't know the exact definition, but I think of two things. Yeah. The, uh, the the ancient definition would be ashram, ashram was used to be places for sadhus, the ones hmm. for priests and saints, because they used to travel. They used to walk from one place to another. So it was, they used to basically walk from one ashram to another ashram. Mm. And ashrams are basically, they're not like 99% of the ashrams in India. You don't have to pay anything to them. You can stay there. You can, you can, you know, they'll feed you. There are, there's like all sorts of uh, facilities there. And when you're leaving, if it's up, if you want to make a small donation or any even big donation, you can do that. And if you can't do it, then you can't do it. It's fine. So that's it. It's like a it's like a stop. It's like mm. a stop for. It used to be like a stop for uh you know sadhus and priests, and now it has become this uh, sort of like I don't. Uh, there are lots of bigger sadhus, like the famous ones that ones come on TVs and stuff. Mm. So yeah. they have their yeah. ashrams of their own, and it's like a thing now to have an ashram of my own. And there some of the ashrams are so big there are like schools in it. There are houses. There's like a whole city in the ashram. One of the things that you post about a lot, and uh, I think I always love, and I think people really love, is, is your photographs of the Himalayas and, and places where you're with friends and you're trekking. And you, we also said that you were, we were talking earlier on and you were saying about you've had the privilege, and it sounds like you like doing it, of talking to people from different backgrounds and cultures around India, which is something I, I got the impression you're very proud of in terms of that diversity. <laughs> what is it that you love about the mountains there? I've always been a mountain, you know, like a mountain nature loving kind of kid. Mm. And I got it from my father. 
basically and and i fell in love with it i I've, i've been on lots of pilgrimages in the mountains i've been on lots of long treks in the mountains not the long long ones like multiple days mm. ones but like a day long trek or two day long trek and the thing i love about the mountains is just that i don't like concrete <laughs> it's just it's just like simply <laughs> yeah. simply put it like you know people talk about visiting london and visiting new york or uh, you know coming to delhi or going to melbourne and i just i'm like why like it's just <laughs> it's just buildings and you know it's just concrete well, why not head towards the mountains why not go eat some fresh air and you know have some nice uh, topography to uh, look for and you know just use your brain to figure out what's ahead instead of already knowing what's ahead you know it's like it's there are lots of things which, which i can talk about when it comes to my infatuation with the himalayas and with mountains per se but yeah these this is the fundamental thing which i really enjoy about the mountains it's like it's it's just something which i love very deeply and it makes me feel like me myself like me yeah yeah, yeah. how often are you able to get up to the mountains are you able to go up regularly or does it tend to be sort of like like we might do for a holiday or something when i was in the college i would go, i used to go like every two months <laughs> and then when i got out of the college i got busy i got a job and then now i'm like working as well so and now it's like once a year or twice a year it's hard to take mm. out a couple yeah. of days But yeah, I've been on some long 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 trips on like 9 day road trip. I've I I drove from Delhi to Bhutan in 2018. Oh really? Did you actually go into Bhutan? Yeah, we stayed in Bhutan. We took uh, like we took our car, but there were like five of my yeah. friends. We took one of uh, one of my friends cars and an SUV 500 Mahindra, which is a big SUV and we drove from Delhi and we crossed uh, delhi we crossed up we crossed bihar then we crossed west bengal and then we entered from west bengal into bhutan so we basically crossed like three four states then mm. entered bhutan explored bhutan which is just another world like the mountains are similar but the culture is yeah. like just absolutely different i mean could you say a little bit about bhutan and and why it's so different say to india which in itself has got a whole range of diversity um bhutan is I the one thing I loved about Bhutan was I mean I loved a lot of things about Bhutan first of all but the people there are very uh, I would say they have men, they have uh, first of all it became democracy recently and there are lots mm. of it's like still a little behind when it comes to all these you know like big malls and and I loved that I was like this is perfect yeah. this is like a perfect blend of nature and uh, a uh, civilization or, or you know something like that and everyone follows the rules like in india no one will ever <laughs> walk on the zebra crossing but there if you're not walking on the zebra crossing someone will scold you <laughs> and i loved that i was like wow that's awesome and uh, it, it's it's 70% uh, of the land is protected area so it's green everywhere it's green and there are buildings that are like hundreds of hundreds of years old you can see that and they've maintained that stuff and i love the fact that they 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 know how, they they understand the word longevity very nicely they use everything they use every single thing and all and the uh, the education is free there the school education is free there until 12th grade so all the kids i met had new english even the little kids like 6 years old and 7 <laughs> years old and i was like wow this is awesome and like the the guy who was uh, the horse puller knew the new english and i was like awesome this is great 
So and it was it's a very nice country. It's just beautiful. It's very homogeneous. Like people are very very similar. It's not as diverse. Mm. It's not diverse at all. I would say. And it, the population is quite low. Like Thimphu has the capital of Bhutan has only eighty thousand people. Really. And the second wow. and the second uh, popula- second most populated uh, place called Paro, which has like twenty thousand or thirty thousand people. <laughs> really? Wow. Okay, that's wait, that's tiny, isn't it? Yeah. And I think the population is largely Buddhist, isn't it? Is it yes. Buddhist? Yes. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, okay. But- I don't know about Tibetan Buddhists, but yeah, Buddhism is uh, there. Buddhism, it's yeah. completely Buddhist country. You know, the, the one yeah. thing I Is loved that... about it, Andrew, there are no red lights in the whole country. You'll see one red Let's light. You'll see one red light when you'll cross the, the border from Phunchaling. There is a red light there. And after that, there is no, not even a single red light. So no traffic lights at all? No traffic, no traffic lights. <laughs> <laughs> no traffic, no traffic lights. <laughs> Which is amazing. Actually, I'm thinking that um, Sikkim, where I've been to, mm-hmm. uh, that borders uh, yes. Bhutan, I think. Yes, I think. yes. And uh, that's, I mean, I really like that that area. Um, I've been lucky enough to go there mm-hmm. and Darjeeling as well. One of the other things that you post about, and you've done two postings recently, which I have to say were amazing from my point of view. One was about, they're about food. And one was you put a masala dosa, and another <laughs> yeah. I think you put your favorite meal, which I can't remember what it was. It may have had paratha on it or roti, and it was like a um, were there chickpeas? Dark, might have been, yeah, and yeah. you had the chili pickle oh, yes. as well. That's so the, that's yeah. Now again, you know, one of the dangers with somewhere like say India is reducing. Indian food to a particular type of cuisine, but actually it's incredibly diverse as well, isn't it? Even just within Indian culture, and then you've got all the different influences that might impact on on India as well. So could you say a little bit about what a masala dosa is for anyone who doesn't know what one is? And it's one of my favorite foods, so I'm Okay, so masala dosa, masala dosa is a, it came out of uh, southern India, I think from Madras, from Tamil Nadu. And uh, it's basically uh, the it's like a it's like a pancake or a crepe made of rice rice mm-hmm. uh, batter, and it's filled with the uh, uh, potatoes and those that that mixture of potatoes has like coriander and pudina and tomatoes and onions and you know lots of other masalas and it's like a little spicy and tangy and it also has like a chili kind of flavor. And then you basically, it's like a burrito, but burritos are thick and they're packed. Yeah. So masala dosa is not thick and packed. It's just like a crepe and you, um, the masala is in there, the potato masala is in there. And then the it, it is served with a coconut chutney and with a, a chili based chutney, which is not exactly, chili. there's, there's a, some others. I think that it's radish chutney. Radish and chili chutney. Oh. And then coconut okay. chutney. And then is it a sambal yeah. you have with it? Is it a sambal you have with it? And then, yeah, there's like a soup. Uh, not a soup, but it's a curry, a sambar. We call it sambar. And it, yeah. it has, uh, again, uh, some green vegetables like uh, loki. I don't know what's loki in English. I'm not sure. Anyways, it has like some green vegetables in it. And it, that's mm. that's also like spicy and tangy. And it's that's quite tamarind. This is a tamarind in it. Yes, yes, there is. And I think what we'll do on the website, we will put a picture of a solid dosa on here because I can think nothing better than having an Earl Grey tea 
<laughs> then doing yoga and then having a masala dosa in fat. So, so when we get this retreat organized, Barrett, yeah, then, in, in the Himalaya, there must be masala dosa. Yeah, that's how we have to organize that. In fact, I've decided that's my dream in life is to have that. I think now this is it. My whole focus in life. That's actually a nice goal, and that's yeah. You will, you will, you will, you have had masala dosa before, so you know. Oh well, I've, I've been lucky enough to travel in southern India, uh, so I had them on train stations. And then oh, uh, nice. remember being in, I think he was, was it Mysore? Yes. I think it was maybe Madurai. You know, and uh, we were in Madurai in a cafe and uh, it had a big courtyard and we were having this ma- a really long dosa. It must have been about two feet long. And, uh, and then into this courtyard came this guy with an elephant. And apparently it came every day at lunch lunchtime. And uh-huh. it was like a um, – because Madurai is a very sort of yeah. special place, isn't it, to Hindus? Yes. It's yes. a very sort of reverent place. Yes. And I think it was some sort of ceremonial elephant. Mm-hmm. And it came into the courtyard with its, its owner, its driver. And they brought, the guys brought out these massive jugs of water, milk, chapatis, and were just throwing these chapatis into the elephant's yeah. mouth and giving it jug after jug of milk. It was amazing. I've seen so, those videos. Uh, and, and, yeah, in Karnataka, I think the – the place where you were elephants and humans like the, the people there they live they live amongst each other and it's mm-hmm. amazing they have the whole system of like elephant crossings and elephant corridors and they have like you know sensors and stuff if elephant does, elephants are crossing then everyone get a text message that you know be aware really? yeah it's amazing they have this whole system <laughs> and it's fascinating oh, fantastic yeah it's amazing in terms of also in terms of masala doses i'll do a plug here for drummond street in the uk which is near euston station in london there's free south indian vegetarian restaurants on there that do all do great masala doses but then you also had this other dish as well which you just referred to what was that the, the, the chickpea dish and what was it what's called it's it's called chole bhature so chole in chole is basically chickpea in hindi and bhature is a bread it's made of uh, maida and uh, wheat mix uh, wheat mixed with maida uh, uh, i think it's corn flour maybe i'm not sure i'll have to check again and i'll i'll get back yeah. to you later on it's it's uh, bature is a basically bread which is a deep fried bread and mm. uh, chickpea chole it's a chickpea curry again it's like spicy and uh, it has a masala in it and and yeah lots of like uh, chili and garam masala and uh, pudina masala and all sorts of stuff and then it is served with a chili pickle and uh, raw onions some people also and, serve it with pickled onions but mostly it is served with raw chopped onions and i've got a feeling you in your post on the the cooler you said that was possibly one of your favorite meals i think yes it's 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 amazing <laughs> And I, hope, I can see Barat's eyes light, lighting up at the very thoughts of this meal. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of chole bhadure and I can't have them every day because it's like, I just can't have them every day. I'm, I'm, I try to eat healthy. But the good thing is that most of the Indian food is vegetarian. Most of the Indian mm. cuisine is vegetarian. And I love, love, I mean, I'm not a vegetarian, I'm non-vegetarian, but my diet is 80% vegetarian. And mm. it's amazing, you know, like, to, because some like in some countries people uh, try not to uh, experiment with vegetarian food now like people are becoming vegan and all sorts of things you know these things are coming up but vegetarian food is tasty it's amazing 
It's 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 amazing. It is, yeah. and and actually, as as somebody who has been vegetarian since I was twelve years old, oh, okay, it's always been amazing traveling around India because you just have no problem, you know, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Lots going on for you then, Barra, in terms of sort of work, thinking about sort of your career and food and hiking and all of those sorts of things. When do you do your yoga, typically? I it depends. Mostly, currently, I'm doing it in the morning after my runs. Mm. I've been running every day. Uh, in the mornings and i do uh, yoga right after my run right after finishing my run and then sometimes i'll do yoga twice uh, once in the after my run and then again in the evening uh, yoga is like a, it's like a complimentary thing for me like if i'm doing any sort of exercise so i'll do a pre yoga or a post yoga and even with running i'll do i with running i mostly do the post post yoga but i i i have mm. even done pre yoga like a morning yoga flow and then go for a run it just depends on you know i just do it i don't even think about it it's just like i do it so i'm guessing you know the adrian classes you were saying you don't do those so much but i'm guessing that you know when you come along to the yoga gathering on the it's called the moo hop on the sunday evenings mm-hmm. that's probably the time when you do a yoga adrian yoga class yes i think that's that's the time when i actually you know see look at the video and hear the hear adrian talking and yeah that is a, that has become a, like a weekly ritual for me especially on saturdays because on saturdays i have uh, more time to do that i do the saturday one every time i've 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 missed it like maybe two or three times since it's since i started doing and that's the lindy hop is it yeah that's that's lindy hop yes why why is that become what's become so special to you about that i just love the conversations you know yeah i love just sitting there and hearing sometimes there'll be a little bit of banter and then sometimes someone is you know starting school again or going to work again and just just these little things and i for me personally like i am i would say i'm on the younger side and i have i learned so much from them like about life it's like okay mm. bharat you know you will be uh, you will become one of these you know you will be doing these things and i look forward to it and i'm like that's just amazing i just i just for me it's just learning and i love that yeah you definitely are on the younger side because I was just thinking about it as you were talking, thinking I could actually be your dad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I, it's not disturbing in the sense of if you were my son at all. I don't mean that, but it's just like, oh, really? Okay. The years are passing by. Yeah. And even I was like, should I call Andrew by his name? And I was like, yes, of course. But what would you, what would you call me otherwise? I, I, I thought I'll call you sir. Then I'm like, no, I don't think I <laughs> don't didn't. think I don't think Seriously. Andrew is not like you know. It's, he's 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 like a he's not that type of guy. He's no, and certainly I think in sort of Britain it would be very informal. I think uh, if when Cara, for instance, hears that you even considered calling me sir, mm-hmm. I'm sure she'll have a few words to say. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> there's no way she would call me sir. There's probably a few things she might call me, no, that, that, <laughs> but not sir. That actually uh, brings me back to this uh, this incident I had a long time ago when I used to play rugby. So there, yeah. they, are you in our rugby club? We had visitors from other countries. And we had people coming from Australia. We had people coming from South Africa, from Germany, from from England as well. And there was this one guy, who was who was like old. He was old, and he was basically uh, he became our coach. 
he was one of the coaches for a big uh, uh, club in England, for a big rugby club. And then he came down mm-hmm. to India to coach our rugby team because a lot of the players from my club played for the Indian rugby team as well. So I was like, okay, this it's amazing. This guy is here. I'm going to go talk to him. And, you know, and I was like, sir, good morning. It's very nice to meet you. And he's like, don't ever call me sir. My name is, I forgot his name. And then I was like, okay. Okay, I'm not going to call you so I'll call you by a name. And then that sort of like it, it brought me uh, that memory just, you know, came back to me and then I was like, yeah. okay, that's it. it. I mean it may be a is that a cultural difference then, in terms of like for instance, so in India, cuz it actually might be a really important cultural difference. Yes. If you were talking to someone who's a few years older than you, let's be honest, would that be a sort of respectful thing to do? Yes. Yes. That is that, okay. that, that is the thing. Right. That is a thing that, and it's, it's, uh, it's like, I think that comes from a lot of it comes from the job culture here. Like even, okay. even someone who is say two years older than me and mm. say I am, and I'm an assistant manager or that person is, is a manager or SM. So you have to, you know, call them sir and stuff like that, which is fine, which is actually good, mm. I believe. But mm. yeah, that that's like, it's kind of, it happens in, in the school as well. Here in, in the school, you know, we call our teachers sir and ma'am, uh, and even in the colleges. I was actually kind of uh, not, but I was surprised. I was like, even in colleges, you know, I think in college we can call a couple of teachers by their names and it should be like that. Yeah. It removes, uh, you know, the uncomfortable part. Yeah, yeah, it helps yeah. with building the you know a comfortable relationship, which is very very important. It's it's I would say it's part of the culture, I, I believe. Yeah, whereas I think in certainly in the UK that the uh, those those uh, I guess formal informal lines are completely blurred. Uh, you would call someone sir at school, but generally speaking, you know. You, you call them Mr. So-and-so, but if you knew them, like in this context, we'd definitely use first names like the coach said to you. So the Lindy Hop is sort of like you enjoy that and listening to the banter and conversation and uh, uh, hearing how people are. Yes, I do. I get get to learn a lot. It's just like it humbles me. You know, it keeps me, Hmm. it keeps me grounded in, in a way that I didn't even understand. The one thing I, I read this book by Sebastian Younger called Tribe. He that book involves him traveling through uh, through the US. In that book he explained through his uh, journey that why being in a community or why communities are important. And I had this missing piece in my life uh when I when I got out of uh, you know playing for a team. I had this missing thing you know the camaraderie and the, the mm. feeling of being in a team and when i joined the cooler and and then and then when i started doing the lindy hop thing so it 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 brought out a lot of attributes in me which were sort of i had forgotten like it made me feel good in a way that i felt more connected with myself and with the, the people around me the importance of relationships, mm. the importance of listening and then just listening and not saying anything and things like that. I think personally, that was, uh, I loved it <laughs> because I was uh, uh, in the school when I passed out before passing out for two years, I was a school captain for the, for the football yeah, okay. team. And I was, yeah. I was the eldest one amongst all the kids. And I had a team of 17 guys and I used to like handle 
these guys you know a lot of most all of them younger than me most of them younger than me some of my age and then it it's like i'm listening i'm just listening i'm not saying anything to them i'm just listening i'm just listening and then i'll just say one line i'll say two words and i'll just listen again <laughs> so <laughs> so that thing is is that the humbling is that the humbling element then that where you you're just there and you're listening to what people are saying about their lives and what's going on for them yeah and i think that's very important like nowadays everyone is so overstimulated because of the social media thing you know mm-hmm. people stay on the instagram and the twitter every day and they're like overstimulated they're like oozing out of this unnecessary knowledge which is like i don't want to hear all that but it's like hmm. and i don't even want to say all that and then when this thing happens like lindy hop or some discussion on the cola some conversation some virtual conversation on the cola it's very beneficial it's like this is beneficial this is good stuff you know we should talk about this and i'll then i'm like okay i'm this is very good to listen to. this is amazing for me personally mm. it's being on the yeah, younger i think that's a bit like you know the conversation previous conversations where actually it's really hard to describe the sort of context and the culture of say the cool in that sense so where someone might talk about how they really struggled with something and then they get people say well i've struggled with that too or this is what i did or and i i think that's a real really uh, quite amazing it's uh, it's so thing freeing, it's cool. so cathartic in a way that when we go mm. on the other social media uh, websites people just want to show the good life they want mm. to show their you know expensive cars or like even for myself i put up photos of flowers and trekking and but sometimes i post a photo of my sweaty face i i don't think many <laughs> people do that but yeah i i i i do it and then on the cooler it's like i've opened up which i and i would i can't i don't even open up like that to my own loved ones to be honest yeah yeah and, yeah and i've written out i've written my heart out i think two three times and and then it's amazing like it's like what i understood from the kula and from yoga is that mm. yoga is like yoga is like a mirror you know it's like it'll show you your flaws and your weaknesses but it's up to you which door you're going to enter which door you're going to pick and choose and it mm. and then when i when i entered the kula it just like showed me kind of gave me this uh, confidence of uh, just you know okay i'm going to do this if i'm not going to be able to do this and i'll do this and i'll talk about this with someone and then i'll you know share my problems or whatever and i was going through like a lot of stuff since last uh, i would say a year and then recently i think yesterday or day before yesterday i have felt much much better and sort of unburdened in a way <laughs> and, mm, and then the yeah. cooler was a huge part of that journey like for me to be able to reach that point because i hadn't really thought about it in, in that sense you know if depending on what stage of life you're in there is this distilled wisdom there from people who've gone through things or experienced things or, or done things yes and actually that is uh well it's sort of priceless really isn't it you know you can pay a lot of money to try and get that yeah that wisdom from from someone it's like i uh, i realized that for me personally like i've taken uh therapy i've, I've sat with a psychologist mm. uh many times i mean not uh, many many times but like i've done i've gone to double digits number of classes and then i realized that we have a therapist of our own in our head and we just need to understand somehow and that's just what i think i could be wrong you know people talk about there are two voices at least two voices in our heads 
And I would say we can create as many voices in our heads as we want. And then self-talk and the language is so important and self-talk is so important. And in a way that you, it's personalized and you have to learn that. And I'm, I believe for me personally, there is a therapist in my head, mm-hmm. in, which I can, you know, sort of talk with if I just know how to talk to it or how to understand it. And that's, has, that has been my curiosity for a while now. and i think it's, it's a good thing for me personally it's just like i'm talking about only about myself right now and that's what i think mm. and it's quite i think the the cooler when we've got that you know that self talk is it sort of normalizes struggles doesn't it you know like as you were saying aspects of social media you promote all these good things and i have to say there are times when i look on things and think oh, <laughs> life looks so good compared with mine it, but mine's great you know but somehow you, you see it and it's oh guys and it taps into an unhealthy stuff and uh, actually i think that um, that you know being on the cooler and, and seeing that even people you know who are getting on with life okay actually you know have have rubbish days or oh, yeah. struggle or things don't come right or whatever and i think that is quite liberating really as, as a human being you yeah. know it's like we do you know what we all mess up and i can really honestly think you know the times that i've messed up in my life wouldn't do things again I and mean, one of the other things that i found i don't know if you've been follow any of this in terms of say is uh, i've noticed increasingly uh, adrian sort of including meditative aspects of things meditation and i have had a for many years a regular meditation practice a buddhist med- informed meditation practice so most evenings i have to do at least 20 minutes of meditation oh that's nice uh and it's really for me it's in- and i go on retreats to a place called gaia house well pre covid i did but okay. hoping to early next year it, which is in devon it's a beautiful retreat center i'll put a link on the uh, website okay but I, i find that that um that quieting and that spaciousness is really helpful for me as well i do notice that adrian's doing more of that yeah that even i noticed that recently and i had, i actually had no idea about the meditation Uh, videos the old mm. even there are some old meditation videos of her and they're mm. they're incredible they're wonderful and we did one of those uh, in during lindy hop and i was like wow like where 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 did this come from <laughs> and then i i pulled it out uh, from the youtube and i did it and i was like this is amazing this is awesome and i actually uh, downloaded it and took the audio out of it and put it on my phone so sometimes i listen to it before going to bed oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. and and does that do you find that quite cute, calming and soothing then also yes. is it a different experience no it's like it, it helps me uh go to sleep with a with a good mindset mm. it's like you know i have to it's a weird way i'm going to be like a little uh like i have to dumb it down for me <laughs> like in a way that <laughs> like my my brain is like always so so into like my books and reading and work and stuff so it's hard for me to go to go to bed and it's it's totally normal i don't have any like you know any medical issues or anything mm. like that but it's just that i have to like tell myself that you know just just go to sleep you don't know anything you just down down little you know whatever and then i i do that and i'd say that helps sometimes most of the times i i would say yeah i think so because that you know we can have those negative self voices can't we in in our heads um and it's good to be able to challenge those and calm these annoy this annoying brain that we have yeah. is a, is a remarkable thing but incredibly frustrating at a time well certainly my brain is that's why it's like that's why i do uh, that's why these uh, i have an addiction with the movement with staying active mm. and it's like if i'm if i've done yoga for example in the morning or in the evening 
then afterwards i'm like ah okay now i'm relaxed and now if anyone is going to say anything to me i'm i'll be just like okay fine <laughs> you want to get angry go ahead get angry <laughs> i mean i will not engage in that in the way i would have engaged in it earlier without the yoga without the exercise and that's interesting isn't that's exactly what adrian talks about about taking it off the mat Go, goes with you and, and and i guess if you think about it from a physiological point of view that movement is sort of calming the nervous system maybe burning off stress those sorts of things there's a lot of like chemical thing with that with that with, with those things like you know the we talk about serotonin we talk about dopamine and all these things and like mm. it's and the, i think since last year i got into re-understanding about the brain chemicals about limbic system about hippocampus and what happens or mm. why is dopamine so important why is serotonin so important what are their functions so even that helps a lot knowing all those things helps a lot it's like okay now i know if i'm going to do this i might be able to get that like i'm going to go to the run and hopefully i'll feel better after that yeah and i guess that's the i guess one of the things is creating the habit as well isn't it because you create the habit and then you get that you know you've enjoyed it you get the serotonin endorphins and then you get that dopamine yeah. where you want to do it again you, you know you're motivated to do it again so so it sounds like yoga is a, a really uh, an important thing in your life amongst many other things yeah i'm well. never gonna i'm never gonna stop doing yoga i'm not gonna be <laughs> i'm not gonna do like i'm not gonna I would say I will never be an expert or like a very good yoga person mm. but I'm never going to do stop doing I mean I'm never going to stop doing yoga I'm always going to yeah. and that's okay isn't it just to be a practitioner uh, you know uh, I've never had a I, my yoga teacher once said to me when I pre covid was going to classes she said oh, you know Andrew you'd be a really good yoga teacher but I've never really had the desire to do the training and mm-hmm. I like going to classes. I like learning the, about the physical aspects of my body and, and how it can change and develop, as well as the sort of psychological benefits but and mm-hmm. spiritual. But I'm quite happy doing that. Yeah, same here. Like it's just like uh, I I I'm, I don't I could I mean I could get into those uh, advanced uh, you know who knows. But as of now, I think I will, I'm happy to just do my mm. little yoga routine, twenty minutes a day, thirty minutes a day. sometimes it becomes 60 sometimes it becomes 45 yeah. sometimes it's just 10 minutes so it's just it's it's, it's awesome it's amazing i've done you just know, fits in with your life i've done there are days when i will do just one pose for 20 minutes just, a single pose yeah i'll just do mountain pose for 10 minutes 15 minutes or i'll do wow i'll do a downward to cobra and downward to cobra it's like flowing and breathing and it's, breathing is huge by the way i haven't talked talked about breathing yoga for me it's not about it is about movement obviously but it's more about breathing for me it's it's like breathing breathing in and out and focusing on that that's something which has which is more helpful to me than actually moving and breathing with moving is just it's just a different kind of uh uh you know it brings out a different kind of thing i guess that's one of the things that slightly separates yoga from stretching yeah in the you know yes clearly you you breathe in the right way for stretching but actually the very purposeful way that you breathe and focused way and in that insightful way you breathe when you're doing yoga yes that is true. really important yeah. it's hard to like follow that i'm obviously not very good at it my mind will wear off my my breathing will wear off so once mm. in a while not once in a while many times 
but it's just a very nice thing to anchor on. This is my favorite, by the way, the favorite series, the Bread series. The, so for it's Breath yeah, that I'm looking from, at, the Breath series, guys. From January. You know what it is? It was just phenomenal. It was amazing. It's the only one that I didn't finish because about day 14, yeah. I mean, bear in mind, this is in a pandemic. I didn't get COVID, but I got a chest infection. So I was on antibiotics and I had to stop, which is really frustrating. As soon as I tried to do anything, any I was doing something, it was just like coughing and it was not good. So I didn't finish it this year. So next year, it's a new year. Barrett, this has been fantastic. Is there anything that you want to ask or anything? any observations about today's uh conversation i'll call it a conversation not an interview that's what i prefer i mean i would just say that, that it, it was it's, it's it was nice it was amazing to talk with you finally i mean i i actually wanted to talk with you for a long time and i I'm, okay. i know i know that you, you know you're a busy man i'm like okay i'm gonna I'm going to catch him one day. and I'm gonna... but Thank you very much. I, yeah. I just truly enjoy talking with you. And I think that's all what I wanted. And it was amazing. It, it's great. And look, blessings to you and your family. Thank Have you a so lovely much. evening. Same to you, Andrew. And uh, I will see you on the cooler. Okay. Yeah. Soon. See, you, see you again soon. Cheers, Barrett. Okay. Take care. Look yeah. after yourself. Bye. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Barat is such an interesting, thoughtful, intelligent and uh, insightful guy. And uh, really, I really enjoyed the conversation. So if you remember right at the top of the show, I asked if you could tell a friend. So if you could tell a friend about this, uh, just share it on social media, uh, just tell them face to face, however you would tell them. But that would be great. The next show will be out in a couple of weeks time. The um, timings are a little bit loose sometimes, just depending on my commitment. But but uh, tune in and uh, I hope you enjoy the next one as much as this. Take care. Bye.